Welcome to Becoming Referrable, the podcast that shows you how to become the kind of advisor people can't stop talking about. I'm Steve Worshing. In this episode, we talk with Robert Sophia, founder and CEO of Snappy Kraken, winner of the inaugural fintech competition at the 2016 conference of the XY Planning Network. Snappy Kraken is an automated marketing platform that helps financial advisors personalize, deploy, and track marketing campaigns and business processes. Since 2005, Robert has helped over a thousand financial companies with their marketing. He's a speaker on marketing, branding, and entrepreneurship, and an author of two books and articles in major financial and business publications. We talk about how marketing financial advice has changed over the past 10 years, what role automation can play to help you become more effective and consistent in your marketing, even how you can automate referral generation. If you want to know how to leverage the most current concepts and technologies to better market your firm, this is a conversation you'll want to listen to. So, without further delay, here he is, Robert Sophia. So, Robert, thanks very much for joining us on the Becoming Referrable podcast. Thank you. I, I love being here. Now, Robert, you've been in advisor marketing for for a long time, and, and you've done a bunch of different things. What, what have you seen? Um, what, what have been some of the biggest changes that you've seen in advisor marketing over the past 10 years or so? Oh my goodness! There, there's been so many. Uh, unfortunately, not everybody is adopting to those changes, but primarily they're driven by technology. Uh, I think there's there's been more uh, resources advisors can use to automate their business and their workflows. Of course, the advent of social media being uh, more adopted within the industry and digital ways of tracking and measuring results. And so in the past, advisors were very much left to their own devices to just try things and see what sticks. And and now actually there's great ways to automate and measure and and to grow in, in very um, creative ways online and offline and integrate those to work together. And, and so that's been a big evolution. Would you say that the has the evolution, I'm sure the answer is probably both of these, but has the evolution been in the way in which we can automate and use technology? Or have there also been changes, do you think, in the way in which we are tr- connecting with, with prospects? Uh, is that different as well? Oh, big time. Well, you know, if you think about the nature of marketing and, and consumer behavior too, th- there was a time when interruption marketing was really the thing that people did. Uh, it was it was the the phone calls and it was the pop-ups and it was the ads that uh, interrupt your show before you watch them. And, and there's still many forms of interruption marketing out there, but advisors were using interruption marketing too. And, and now we see more, it's permission-based marketing. You, you engage with people on the way they want to be engaged and on the channels that they're using. And uh, it's, it's not forced upon them, but they opt into it. And so it goes from uh, less of just an outbound self-serving angle to more of, a, of an inbound and client-focused angle, which is, which is how it should be. So advisors, instead of just advertising, they have to think more about value now and how they engage with clients and prospects in a way that those people want with information that they want. Um, and and that's, that's definitely a shift in how you think and how you market. And so, so this is related to that, Robert. The, what, what, what would you say are some of the top things that used to be true about invest about advisor marketing that are not true anymore? Yeah. Well, you don't have to start your firm with a name that starts with A, so you can be at the top of the phone book. <laughs> well, that's good. 
Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, you know, there was a time that was it. Triple A was the uh, way to go. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it, it depends on what time period you're looking at. But there, there's been a lot that's happened in the last, just focusing on the last decade, uh, practices that advisors used to use that really don't work anymore. Uh, a very good example of that is spamming people. I mean, when I first got in this business, we we got an email list of everybody in the community, and we just we started blasting them and 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 holding seminars too. We, there was a time when we could just send out five thousand postcards and pack three rooms and bring in a bunch of of clients and prospects that way. I mean, that's how it was when I got in the business back in the early two thousands. And both of those methods are going by the wayside. Cold calling is not effective anymore, and so now it's it's really more about positioning your thought leadership, elevating your profile in a way that people notice you and are attracted to you. It's about getting involved in things where your ideal clients and prospects are in the community, uh, good old-fashioned networking and salesmanship, and and the marketing gimmicky stuff just just doesn't really work. It's interesting because I think the last three interviews we've done, the word value has figured rather prominently. And uh, do you think that there's been a shift in how we define value in, in what we deliver? Well, I think the, the market demands it. Uh, maybe there's been a shift in thinking from advisors' perspective. I don't know if it's been enough of a shift in thinking. I know that consumers in general are overwhelmed they're overloaded with advertising and they're overloaded with marketing messages and they're overloaded with the the ads that are displayed to them online. There's just so much. And I'm not saying that some of those methods don't work. I mean, we do online advertising successfully for our clients, but it's it's the way you do these things. People are on a hunt for value. That's what they're actually looking for. Uh, they're not looking for advertising. They're looking for something that's going to be additive to their life. And so especially when it comes to financial planning, it's a deeply personal subject. It has to do with your entire future and your families and uh, your livelihood, your lifestyle. And people want to secure those things. And so when they recognize that this is a person who can help them do that, then that's, that's where the value is. And I think when advisors are focused on not just marketing, but on what can I do that will demonstrate that I can serve people, what can I do that will show people that I can offer them true value, true and lasting value? What can I do that will demonstrate that I care more about my client's success than my own success? And, and when you start to think that way, and it comes through in all of your messaging and your branding and your marketing and on a more humanized, personal level, then people respond to that because there's so much digital, there's so much disconnection that in this business, we have a nice chance to really um, stand out as as a confidant, as a coach, a, a consultant, a guide for our clients. And when you position yourself that way, people are drawn to it. And that's that's value. That's really the value of the financial planning relationship. Yeah. So I've seen this. Uh, I've seen this statistic <clears throat> a couple times now in, in the past year, where um, advisory firms are meeting less and less and less and less of their business development goals. That you know, if you go back five years, you know, they were. A certain proportion of advisors, a significant portion of them, were hitting their goals, and 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 that that proportion has been shrinking over the past bunch of years. How much of that do you think may be explained by them not adapting their marketing strategies, and how much maybe other things like just you know client complacency or, or those kinds of things? 
Well, I don't know why advisors aren't hitting their goals. Uh, the, the advisors that I work with are hitting their business development goals. And it, maybe it's a different breed. I mean, I'm working with advisors who are growing, who want to grow, who are investing in their business, who run their business as an entrepreneur, not just as a lone wolf practitioner. And so those are the types of individuals that I see thriving because they're, they are meeting their business development goals. They set those goals and they drive hard for them. Um, now, if, if advisors aren't adapting to changes in the marketplace, to changes in technology, uh, to changes in the industry. I mean, even things like fee transparency um, and uh, holistic financial planning and things like that. If they're not doing that, no, I don't think they'll meet their business development goals because they're not developing. <laughs> so I don't know what the what the reason is for that, except maybe the aging uh, advisors, a lot of them aren't uh, necessarily looking to grow their business that way, and and they're planning to exit in a few years, and and those aren't those are the ones maybe that are responding to those studies who aren't doing those things. But the the advisors who want to grow and thrive, they very much can. The resources are there; they just have to put the effort in. I'd love to go back to just uh, you made a comment as you were talking about the different uh, definition of value, and you used the term human. Um, can you give me some examples of what that means? I mean, you could argue that any communication I provide is by definition human because I'm a human and I'm providing it. But but what do you mean when you talk about communications that are, are more human? You know, I'll give you an example. I think it's best to probably frame it that way with, with something specific. So let's say that an advisor meets someone, maybe at their country club or uh, perhaps through a referral, or even if it's uh, somebody in their community that they happen to know a fellow business owner through a networking organization or something like that. The the old school way is you put them on your email list and then they're just going to get those newsletters from you. And consultants would tell you that it's as long as you're staying in front of them that that works and you're going to get business. And maybe that works for some people, but that's not really humanized marketing. It's people know it's you're just on a mailing list. And think about how we all view the, the emails that we get from mailing lists. I mean, sometimes they have value, sometimes they don't. But at the very least, uh, we know that they're not sent by someone sitting down at their desk and composing that with us in mind. So that's the old way to drip market to somebody. See, the new way, you, you say, okay, how can I humanize this? And that means in an ideal setting, you would sit down at your desk and you would write an email to every person. So you would have a list of 100 people and every week you'd sit down and you'd write 100 emails or send out 100 thank you, handwritten thank you notes or, or you'd clip something out of the paper or a magazine article and you'd mail it to 100 people. But we know that that is not possible if you want to scale your business. So how do you accomplish that? Well, in our case, what we encourage advisors to do is take a, a email nurturing sequence that is sent from their email address that has perhaps eight weeks of pre-written follow-up emails that are written in a casual tone. They're text-based. They have your email signature on them. And it's an eight-week prospect nurturing campaign that gradually explains the value of working with a financial advisor and invites that person to make an appointment with you. Now, in that case, what's happening is this person is still getting emails from you for eight weeks. You still added them to an email list. But instead of them getting a blast email, what they are getting is an email that's sent from you. And as far as they know, you sat down and wrote that with them in mind that morning from your office. Now they got an email from a human. 
It's not from a mailing list of XYZ Financial Planning. It's from John Smith, CFP. And now he wrote that email or she wrote that email and it's to them. At least that's how they see it. That's an example of human automated marketing. And and that's what we're trying to to help advisors do is, is scale their business with technology, but do it in a way that feels very authentic and organic. And you know, I, I've heard I've heard similar thing. I've actually heard feedback like that from from clients. And I wonder if you could just go into a little bit more about what <clears throat> you know what kinds of messages um, help create that human connection and and address the client. The the comment I'm thinking of specifically, well, there were two comments. One was was in uh, actually they were both from advisory boards. One one of them was. Um, you know, don't ever send me anything I could find on CNBC. I, I can go there for that. You know, send me something that relates more to me. And then the other comment was, if you send something out that looks to me like a newsletter, I'm going to delete it. But if, if you send something to me that looks like it's an email from you, even even if I don't realize you've sent it to 200 other people, I'll open it because I think it's from from you to me. Um, what you know, what what kinds of messages uh, work well that way, and what kinds of messages might advisors inadvertently utilize? for that, that, that would not be terribly effective. Yeah, excellent. So um, I like the way you asked that question because there's definitely ways to do this wrong uh, where it ends up feeling very disingenuous anyway. So I think if, if you're going to succeed at this, you have to put yourself in the mind of what you would do if you were just writing an email to a single individual. So an example would be, uh, what, what's one of the values that a, a financial advisor relationship provides you? Well, let's let's just say it's getting organized, getting your financial house in order. Maybe that's one of the values. Okay, so if you're going to send somebody an email about that to convince them they should work with you because you can help them get their finances in order, what would you say? You might send an email that says, hey, John, I'm just reaching out. It was really nice to meet you. And I wanted to say that uh, many people wonder if they should work with an advisor or not, but they're not aware of all the benefits. So I just want to share one of the benefits with you and how I've been able to help many of my clients. Uh, it's by helping them get organized. Uh, if you're like most people, you probably have a box of tax returns and statements that's sitting there piling up. You know, one of the things we do for our clients is when they, they bring all that stuff in, even if it's in a box, disorganized, we'll put it all into binders for them, separated, organized, nice and neat, help them know what things are where and uh, be able to find what they need when they need it and, and get their financial house in order. If you'd like my help with that, I would be I would love to help you. So feel free to call or message me anytime. Now, that email, it could be written from one person to another casually. In fact, you should write like you talk. So there's an example of how I might write an email like that to a client. Or I could take something else. I could I could talk about the accountability that an advisor provides. And I might email that person again and say, hey, I emailed you last week. Hope you don't mind. I'm just following up again because many people aren't aware that another value that I provide my clients is that I help hold them accountable. If you're like people who, who've subscribed to a gym membership, for example, and you go into the gym, uh, oftentimes in January, that New Year's resolution gets you to the gym, but then it's very hard to go back. But people who have a personal trainer often do much better. You could think of me like a professional financial trainer. I help hold my clients accountable to reach their retirement goals. If you'd like to know how I do that, feel free to call or email me anytime. By the way, here's my cell phone number. You can text me if you're allowed to do that in your firm in a compliant way. So side note there. But that, that's, that's the idea, right? You, you have to say, how do I create these sequences and, and these activities and these actions that people will, will 
perceived to be personalized, and yet from my side, they're still very scalable. So, so help me with um, with sorting through one 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 debate that's out there, um, and that is the a string of messages that that sounds like. Um, Oh, here's a tip that might be useful to you, and here's something that you might find valuable, and here's another thing to keep in mind, and you know those kinds of things, um, compared to what I hear you saying, which is, you know, if I can oversimplify and sort of be a little hyperbolic about it, to say, you know, here's one thing I can do for you, here's another reason to hire me, here's another thing that I can do for you, you know, so. It, what, what are your thoughts about where the line is, where you cross over from trans, you know, sending out something that's a value versus sounding like a pitch? Yeah, well, it's context, right? So uh, something that sounds like a pitch shouldn't be used. It shouldn't sound like a pitch. Um, but let's face it, this is a service business and we have a service to sell and, and we have to sell ourselves. We have to showcase our values. So it's it's what is the nature of this relationship? What is the timing of the relationship? Uh, what is the medium we're communicating on? Uh, there's a place for tips, um, and and tips should be given freely when they're of value and they can help somebody at the right time. Uh, for example, sending some year-end tax tips to people. Hey, by the way, I just want to let you know as the end of the year approaches, these are some things you might be thinking about. These are popular tax tips that have saved my clients a lot of money. I thought you might like to know about these. Just consider it a courtesy. If you have any questions about these, call me. Okay, that's that's a good time for tips. But then there's another time when you just meet somebody and, and you, you say, hey, by the way, I want you to know this is the service I provide. And I'd like the opportunity to provide this service for you. And here's my value. Well, there's there's a time for that too. So, and then, and then there is a time to just send out that occasional newsletter content that there's a place for that too maybe after you've met somebody you've sent those personalized or those quasi personalized emails for a couple of months and they're not doing anything and then you say hey by the way i'd like to move you over to my mailing list i send out uh, a monthly economic update or newsletter with some 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 creative um, financial strategies that you might like to review are you interested in that and you give them a chance to opt in, and then they get those. But they they said they wanted to get those. Then that's good. Too. But that's a different thing for a different phase of the relationship. And and so I think it's just about what you're trying to do, when, and with whom that determines the best form of marketing at that time. So can we pick up on that? So you gave an a, an example that sounded sounded great and sounded um, you know uh, like it would be effective. Are you recommending that advisors segment their client or prospect list, perhaps based on objective or needs, or would a uh, an email campaign along the lines of what the one you described be appropriate for anyone that you just met? So the the email campaigns that I was describing there would be appropriate for. Um, individuals that you just met. That, that, that was the idea with that, was to gradually establish your value. But mm -hmm. the, the other types of content, you could even have the same type of content for clients, like, like newsletters and things like that, where they know they're going to get that. And there's a certain brand promise of what the value is that they receive when those come through. But there's certainly, there's no... Uh, there's no way to just take one thing and plug it into every scenario. So your point about segmenting your list is is very important because you should have a way that you treat new prospects 
and a way that you treat old prospects and a way that you treat new clients and a way that you treat longstanding clients. Uh, for example, you wouldn't take on a new client and then immediately send them a referral request. Uh, that would be too soon. Right. So, so within your CRM or your marketing tool that you're using, having separate, we call them audiences that each have um, different, maybe these people came from a certain workshop or these people came from your club or these people are in a certain niche. If you do that, and you have these campaigns that are that are perhaps similar, but you can just open them up and tweak them a little bit for that audience before you send it, then that extra effort is going to go a long way toward results. And people don't want to take that time to personalize things. But by having your separate audiences and doing a little bit of personalization, the time spent on that is well worth it in the actual results it generates. Right. Okay. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so you, you're referring to, to platforms to automate this. Um, I, you've developed a, a platform. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So we, we did build a, a platform to automate this. And our, our vision is to automate everything about what advisors do. So we, we have a goal of automating all the prospecting and all the client service uh, everything that's required to bring people in and to service them throughout the the lifetime of that client. So we're doing that by using a variety of integrations, and our system is built on an API junction, which basically means we can interface with any other system. So we're interfacing with CRMs now. We're interfacing with financial planning software now. And within our platform, there are uh, a variety of, of pre-created campaigns, each with separate journeys. And each campaign is designed to take clients or prospects along a journey with a certain objective in mind. And, and there are five different objectives that we have found that advisors need to be able to accomplish in their business if they want to scale and grow. And so we built all of our campaigns around meeting one of those five objectives to help advisors. So what kinds of objection, object, objectives would those be? So the, the first objective is to bring in new leads. So that's the first one. Mm -hmm. Second is to uh, convert those leads into actual appointments. So nurturing existing prospects. The third is to uh, build on existing client relationships in meaningful ways. Uh, the fourth is to generate referrals from your clients, or you could say turn your clients into advocates. And then the fifth is to automate your operational workflows uh, to be more efficient. So maybe we can pick up on the obvious given the name of this <laughs> sure. podcast and ask you a little bit about uh, some of the principles that guide the work you're doing in generating referrals. Yeah. Well, uh, and I'm happy to talk about that. You know, we, we believe, as I'm sure you believe, that advisors are never going to generate meaningful referrals or any volume of referrals if they are not first referable, at risk of sounding like a broken record because everybody says that. You have to become referable. But we know that's true, and I think the name of your podcast really is, expresses that. So, uh, But the fact is that we cannot uh, – 
also just become referable and then expect the referrals to come automatically unless we are taking actions. So our philosophy is, A, run a good business, serve people well, do acts of kindness, make them love you, as make them respect you and like you and trust you, but also make them love you, turn them into fans. And then once you've done those things, then you have to give them lots of different ways, various platforms to help you uh, generate those referrals. Or you could say to empower them to give you the referral, put them in a position where it's easy to give you those referrals, where it's natural, where it's even automatic to give you those referrals. And so through our platform, not only do we provide a number of resources like tips and we have a, a, a white paper called 102 Ways to Surprise and Delight Your Clients. Uh, we have 15 ways to ask for a referral. So those are kind of foundational. But then we also have the automations, the, the campaigns to help actually generate a referral where you could send out this campaign to your clients and generate referrals as a result. And that's where the automation uh, gets involved. So there's the foundational business practices, and then there's the automations. And, and can you give us an example of um, of how that how those referrals get automated? So when you trigger the um, that process, when when you're at the right pot, when the, when you're at the right spot in the in the relationship with the client, um, what what how um, what what does the automation do that would uh, get people to start doing the referrals? Yeah, great. So there's actually two different uh, examples I can give you. So one is we have something called a new client onboarding campaign that uh, over the first 90 days with that client, it gradually you know sends them communications from you and then it surveys them. It does all these things. So by the end of 90 days, uh, at the conclusion of that period and you make sure the client's satisfied or you know hopefully they're a raving fan by this point, then you are able to introduce the referral concept to them in an initial communication. So that's one thing that, and it actually asks them if based on their experience so far, they would recommend your firm to others. And if they say yes, then it asks them uh, to, you know, it actually gives them the opportunity to recommend someone or to share your business with somebody. So that's, that's one example. Uh, another example would be we actually have a referral generation campaign. And what we do with that campaign is we actually flip around the whole concept of a referral from the client doing you a favor by giving you a referral, we, we just, we, we turn it on its head and we, we position this as a gift. The referral is a gift that they can give to their friends and family. Um, and it's something that we offer our best clients. So what we say is, uh, you know, clients like you are, are wonderful. You're one of our favorite clients to work with. And, and, you know, we, we find that birds of a feather flock together. And so we just, for our very best clients, we give them the chance to, offer a complimentary service to their friends or acquaintances because we find that usually their friends fit in well with us. And so we leave a spot open in our schedule each week for the referrals of our best clients and they can receive uh, an unpaid portfolio review, uh, an investment risk analysis, uh, or a tax minimization review, uh, a fee analysis. So we have these like these segmented offers. And so what the person can do, the client gets this and they say, oh, I would like to gift this to a friend. And they actually click on a link that says gift this to a friend. And then that that landing page is sent to a friend that says, you know, your 
uh, a client of ours has gifted this to you, you have the option to get a free you know, tax analysis um, or a free fee analysis. And it goes with an auto-populated message from the client to the referral where they actually introduce you and they can personalize that message. So you, you send this campaign out to your clients a few times a year. They each get these these opportunities to gift this, you know, each, you could do it each quarter or uh, every few months, whatever, however you want to do it. And, and then the clients will actually share this with their friends and the friends can request that, that uh, gift. And so we, we just, we changed the whole concept of giving a referral into a, a very generous, generous act that your clients can perform toward others. Now, we were, How we much were, of that? Can, oh, sorry, go ahead. Go, uh, well, I was going to just real briefly. Uh, you know, we were talking a little bit before we started recording, and so Robert, of course, you have to tell us what the name of this system is because it's so fabulous. Well, Snappy Kraken. Snappy Kraken. <laughs> that's, there it is. That's, what, that's what it is. Our company. It's Snappy Kraken. Just, <laughs> it makes me smile. And yeah, that name. I, I, it when, does. When when uh, when we were at XYPN and we were exhibiting like just diagonally across the aisle from you guys, I have to tell you, my the staff member and I who, who were there the whole way home, we were saying, Snappy Kraken, Snappy Kraken, coming up with, you know, we couldn't stop saying it. So I'm sorry, Julie, go ahead and I was just going to ask, I mean, it's a bit of a, a, a detail, but as you define, describe the different campaigns, how much of that, if any, is customized in terms of the messaging by the advisor versus being um, something you've created? Yeah, you know that's one of the things that we we felt was a problem with a lot of marketing out there is that the advisor just couldn't personalize it. Mm-hmm. It was all like you take it or leave it. This is how it comes, and we wanted to change that too. So all of our campaigns, each element of the campaign, the advisor can open it up, and he can change the verbiage, and he can change the headlines, and he can rewrite the emails, and he can they all get personalized with his logo and everything. So we have two types of users. We have the types who just use it as is because they're in a hurry and they like what we did and they don't want to mess with it. And that's okay. It works for them. Uh, And then we have the types who are uh, very interested in personalizing everything and they spend time doing that and they, they can, but there's already a template there, which makes it much easier to do than starting from scratch. Yeah, that makes sense. So, so advisors uh, can obviously use systems like yours, and we'll make sure that we include a link to that uh, in the in the show notes. For those that are just dipping their toe in the water, thinking more about automation or value, what would you suggest they do as a first step? Well, it, I'm obviously partial, so. I mean, it's it's almost unfair for me to answer that question because I would say, well, go to snappycracken.com and sign up for a $59 a month membership <laughs> exactly. and start using it. Well, that's an option. So I, yeah, I mean, that's that's the easiest way. Um, but, you know, I don't want to just be shamelessly plugging my company here. So, I, I mean, if you if you wanted to do they this... They could also sign up for the more expensive version as they an could. <laughs> yeah. That's right, they could. <laughs> they could. Uh, but, you know, there's a lot of ways to do this. I mean... You don't need Snappy Kraken to automate your business. You can go out and you can get, you can get a Mailchimp account, and you can get a Lead Pages account, and uh, you can get a Facebook advertising account, and uh, a Google AdWords account, and a Wistia account, and you can start to, uh, get, you know, buy a camera and start producing your own videos, and you know, you, you can do all this on your own. I think it's overwhelming though, and it's time consuming, and, and you have to be a marketer and a technologist to do all this effectively. So if, if an advisor was getting started, I would say that you should start with one channel or one resource 
commit to it and do it well before you add another. Uh, and that could be video, it could be email, it could be online advertising, it could, but whatever it is, start with one thing, stick to it, master it, and then add the next. Now, the sad part about that is that if you do that, you're never getting your message across on every channel. And so a truly effective strategy is going to be omni-channel. And so that's why using a tool like Marketo or HubSpot or Infusionsoft to build omni-channel camp coordinated campaigns is very good. But that's several hundred dollars a month and there's no content. You still have to add the content. So the, the easiest way is is really to hire a company like, like us to do it. Or if you want to do something very high-end and very custom, you could go out and get an expensive agency and pay them to do it all for you. Uh, but again, that's also a big expense. So it, all roads lead back to Snappy Crack, and frankly, it's it's a quick and easy way to automate your business. <laughs> Love it. So let me let me before we close up, let me let me just ask you one more question, Robert. About you, you talked about you know the Snappy Crack and. Um, enables you to create some of your own messages or you can take some of the messages that you already have in the system. Um, assuming that an advisor were inclined and able to, to do it, what, what do you think is the ideal mix of content that the advisor generates versus taking um, you know, the, uh, the messages that you've created? And, and I'll, 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 let me put a little context behind that too. One of the objections that I have as, as a marketing consultant um, to a lot of the packaged offerings that get made to advisors is that it, they, the advisors can't differentiate themselves that way. They, you, you have, by necessity, of generic messages and, and uh, you know, evergreen messages. And so there's there's a big benefit to personalizing at least some of what you put out. What, what, what in your mind is the right combination of that? It is such a good point that you make. and. You're absolutely correct. There is no substitute for 100% original content. And and when you do everything 100% original, then you are truly differentiated and you never look like anybody else. So if you can afford to, then that is the way to go. And I absolutely would support somebody who said, I'm not going to use Snappy Crack and I'm doing it all from scratch. In fact, I've told people. And they're willing to make the, the investment in their business. Well, no, uh, so, I, let me, but let me, I, I don't mean to... to give you the wrong impression. Let's say somebody goes with Snappy Crack and, and, you know, part of what the system lets you do is to create your own personalized messages in there. You know, what, what, what level do you think would, would help them hit the highest effectiveness level without, without, uh, you know, what's the point where they reach a point of diminishing returns? Is it, you know, 10% custom, custom messages or 20% or 30%, you know, where, where do you think that balance is? Yeah. Okay. That's good. That that makes sense. So yeah, I, obviously you should customize everything a little bit at least. Uh, and and I think the the diminishing returns happen when you're taking time away that would be better spent somewhere else on your business. So if you can if you can get something like this set up and personalize it once, you don't ever have to do it again. You just personalize it, and then you've got your campaigns ready to go, and you can add people. And that's a little time investment that you put in up front. Um, but you advisors should be especially cognizant of the fact that the highest value activities for them are always going to be when they're in front of somebody face to face, interacting with them on the phone or in person or or through video chat. But it's that per, that personal touch, and so we never want them to be stuck behind a computer screen. Uh, if you can delegate it to an assistant, 
Or if you can just invest that time once, maybe you put a few hours into to it initially. Um, that really should be all you have to do because we've engineered everything to be effective. We're benchmarking. We're refining. We've got hundreds of advisors running different campaigns around the country, and we're looking at the results and split testing things. And, and the result of that is, is a good product that works. So I would say personalize it enough so it feels right for you and your business and fits. Uh, but don't don't obsess over making everything different. Okay, great. Well, that's... That's great advice. And, and Robert, you know, there's lots of other questions I'd like to ask, but we are coming up against our time. So um, thank you for joining us. And, and if, when people want to find out more about Snappy Kraken, where do they go to find out? Snappycracken.com. S-N-A-P-P-Y. There it is. K-R-A-K-E-N. <laughs> That's Kraken. K-R-A-K-E-N. No C. That's great. And we'll make sure we put a link to that in the show notes as well. Thank you. And Robert, thank you so much for for joining us today. It was a great conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely my pleasure. Thank Thank you for having me. Hi, it's Julie again. It was great to have you with us on Becoming Referrable. If you like what you've been hearing, please do us a favor and rate us on iTunes. It really does help. You can get all the links, show notes, and other tidbits from these episodes at becomingreferrable.com. You can also get our free report, Three Referral Myths That Limit Your Growth, and connect with our blogs and other resources. Thanks so much for joining us.